Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine Podcast Radio. You're about to listen to an episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. Do you follow the pack or challenge the status quo? Join Ted as he explores how to succeed by going against conventional wisdom. You'll hear leaders in technology and security tell stories about how they achieve their success by doing things differently. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Tech Done Different. I'm your host, Ted Harrington, and with me today is our special guest, my friend, my fellow TEDx Frankfurt speaker, Sabella Garcia Cuesta. She is a creative and artist, and she is here visiting from Europe in Los Angeles. So we decided for the first time, let's do an episode in person. And when I suggested this to you, you didn't even hesitate. You're like, yep, let's go find a studio. Here we are live in a studio. We awkwardly walked through some dude's apartment to get to this makeshift studio in his backyard. And it's amazing. So I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited and I'm really glad about this invitation and it's so nice to see you again. So Me too. let's just jump into it. Let's I jump into we, it. We have many things to talk about today. Yeah, when I first met you, uh, this is kind of actually a funny way to meet somebody. You know, I met you as we were literally sitting <laughs> in the room as the TEDx event was, was starting to happen. And uh, you and I hadn't gotten to meet yet the night before at the speaker dinner. Or did we? I don't think we Not actually met. No. We even didn't talk, yeah. no. Yeah. So we started chatting as like this pivotal moment in both of our lives is about to happen. Can I say something funny? I yeah. just remember you because you look at me because you were like taking some candy and you're just like, do, do you have anything in yeah. your teeth? And I was like, no, you're good to go. <laughs> that's how I knew we were going to be friends yeah. right away. You were like, yep, that's weird. What's your name again? I love weird people. <laughs> like I try to surround myself with the most weird people ever. They're the most inspiring. So for me, being weird is a big, big compliment. Yeah. Well, hey. Take it. <laughs> so it makes sense that you would come on vacation to Venice where people are weird. It's not vacation. It's second home. That's it's second true. That's home. true. So we're here to talk about a number of areas of creativity today. But before I start asking you a bunch of questions I'm really curious about. Maybe you could just tell our audience a little bit about your art and how you create. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I became a full-time artist around three years ago while I was having a CBD company in Germany that was not being that successful. That's another topic, but cannabis in Germany is still a complicated thing. And I started painting and people were like, they were just coming to me and they were very curious about how I was creating my art. And ultimately, the only thing I was doing actually was kind of channeling some whatever messages, maybe how I was feeling into the canvas. But thanks to that and thanks to me sharing it with others, many people could relate. So I would say my art, the art that I do for myself is pretty... It's intuitive, so it's just something that is coming through me, for me, and it's messages for myself. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty pretty deep, pretty intense, and very personal. Yeah. And having that aside, then I like to engage in any kind of creative, artsy project. Um, I guess like my purpose or my mission or what I love doing is helping others to unlock this creative potential that mm. they have in themselves and also to tune in. And when they paint and they see the messages that maybe they are painting for themselves, they understand themselves a little bit better. I love it. So let me connect our two worlds here. And yes. let me ask you about this idea that you, you and I were chatting the other day. We're walking through the streets of Venice. And 
we started talking about this idea about how I, I've been talking about for years this idea of like think like a hacker and you obviously had watched me give my TED talk that day that we met and we started talking about how thinking like a hacker and thinking like an artist might have some pretty strong parallels. So what's your take on that? You know, I talked about this idea of contrarian thinking and creativity and being committed to pursuing a worthy mission. Tell me about what it means to think like an artist. So when I saw you on the stage and you were just delivering your amazing talk, I was just like relating and nodding like, yes, yes, <laughs> but is that a hacker or is that an artist? Like, what is he talking about? So everything is kind of the same with different skills. My skill might be the one of taking some crayons and colors and putting it into paper, but your skill as hacker is just turning things around until you get there and you figure it out. And this is the same with art and life. And you had like a very precise example I could relate with, like there was something you could not achieve and then... You just managed and you were super persistent until you made it happen. And I think that's also an artist mentality. Like you don't give up. You just do it. You have a message. You need to make it like come across. And if you are really, really, really an artist and you have this passion and this goal, you just to go for it. Well, at least this is the artist I am. Yeah. And I hope all the artists out there, like they can also relate a little bit. Um, you don't choose art to just do something beautiful. You choose art, I guess, to transmit a message and make something happen. I love that. It's interesting, too, as we think about people who listen to a show like this, right? These are people who are in some version of tech. They're already in tech. They want to be in tech. Maybe they're a leader. Maybe they already are a leader. They want to grow into that. And they might be sitting here wondering, how does the way an artist think really help me in my life? And the way that I think about that question, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of our audience, it's really about problem solving, right? Because whatever it is they're trying to do in their job or their career or personal life, mm -hmm. they're running into a problem and they need to solve it. So how does an artist solve problems? I and think it's exactly that. Sorry, Ted, for the interruption. You're like, yeah. you were just saying it right. <laughs> and it's a hacker and an artist. They just take something and they change the perspective and they think mm. it differently. And they just like turn it around. And all the best inventions in life, they were artists, kind of like, yeah, who created them, right? Like even like designing planes or new technology. Who was the person behind? It was an artist, a crazy artist that was like, okay, this is possible. And then they just painted and made it happen. So everything that is there is because we imagine it and we created it with our creativity. So who has the biggest creativity? The artists that actually practice is mm -hmm. put into practice this creativity more often. And being a hacker, I guess, is kind of the same. So you just practice this creativity with all the tools. Right. Yeah, I mean, the parallels are, are so strong. I would also put maybe entrepreneurship in this discussion too. But the idea of where something maybe, I'm going to say doesn't exist, but maybe it's not visible that it exists. Mm -hmm. And then what an artist does, what a hacker does, what an entrepreneur does is they look at it and they say, well, maybe it does exist. And either I create it or I make it visible when it already existed. And so as people are thinking about how they advance their career or they solve whatever the problem is, engineering challenge they're working on, this is what they're trying to do, mm -hmm. right? Think about it differently. Exactly. So you change your perspective and you just like actually don't think that there is a no as an answer, right? It's like, no, I'm just going to make it happen and I'll figure out my way. Yeah. I think this is one of my favorite sentences from two years ago. This friend of mine came to me and said, look, this is my mantra, figure it out. And if you figure it out, it's, it's all good, always. So I think we are people that we just figure it out. Mm -hmm. There are no problems, they're just solutions. And there are no problems, they're just challenges as yeah. well. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I mean, 
you're right. Everything you're describing is sort of what I talked about. <laughs> you might <have> to talk <laughs> yes, different yeah. words, different stories, but similar ideas, right? Overcoming obstacles. We totally obstacles. think the same. And we do. So philosophers, inventors, hackers, artists, we just all just just go for it and change the way it's supposed to be to make it the new way that works with us. Yeah. And I guess that's your your mission, my mission. Like I really want to help as many people as possible to think like us. Yeah. Yeah. It's super fascinating because you just rattled off a few different, I guess types of people, right? Philosophers, artists, etc. And a lot of those, they, they, in my mind, they sort of fit in one bucket. And then there's hackers who <laughs> ostensibly seem like they should fit in a different bucket because hackers really are scientists in a sense, right? They're computer scientists in some degree, but they're creative. So that's a really interesting merging. And so it makes me wonder like, Scientists are artists. Sci are sci is science and art? Are they Einstein, like he's yeah. like one of the biggest artists to me in this world. And yeah. He was like, yeah, scientist. So yeah. Wait, explain. Why do you think <laughs> Einstein was the biggest artist? That's really fascinating. <laughs> That's true. Okay, he's an artist because of the way he thought differently. As an artist, I like exploring also not only visual arts but also writing and having philosophical thoughts. So one thing I'm really curious about these days. Lately, I've been writing and thinking about three concepts, which are time, memory, and love. And as I'm talking to people, just asking, what do you think about these three concepts? Everybody is taking me to Einstein, who is the master in describing time. So I was like, oh, okay, then Einstein hmm. was already an artist because he was thinking the same I'm thinking now. And I never read about him before. And we're kind of coming out to the same conclusions. It's just fascinating how sometimes you think you're an ignorant because you don't know about something, but your conclusions are totally matching the conclusions that other really famous, huh. wonderful people in the world got there before. And it's the same with Picasso and other like really mm. visual artists. Like some people are like, oh, wow, your paintings look like Picasso. And like, to be honest, I never studied Picasso. Uh -huh. I know only the most famous paintings of him. But somehow we're getting into the same direction. Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating. I, I would agree with that. Your art form is in that style. Yeah. I'm not a Picasso expert, but that's, that's where it is for same, sure. Me yeah. neither. But <laughs> apparently people that are see some, uh, yeah. some similarities. Yeah, the so abstraction, use of color. That's interesting. So you talk about the idea of intuition, and I think this is something that you have. You are a channel for intuition in some way. I'm so, an open <laughs> channel of intuition. <laughs> so tell me about intuition. Maybe, maybe tell you told this really interesting story in your talk about how like you paint things not knowing what it is, and then you meet the person you painted years later or whatever. So tell, tell me about intuition and maybe think about how we can help people apply this. What is intuition for you, Ted? Listening to your gut. Mm -hmm. Right? Would you say you're good at it? I would say that I maybe sometimes I try <laughs> to over rationalize and I'm like, well, the, the scientific, rational, logical ways to do this, but my gut's like, no, nah, just like you got to do this other thing. So I guess it's really a question of do I listen to it or not? I'd have to think about that. Uh, you say you need to think about that. Yeah. That's the wrong answer. <laughs> That's With wrong. intuition, I have you failed don't think the intuition about question. that. <laughs> yes. So, in intuition, and this is like my mantra is uh, all about like feeling more and thinking less. So, we need to really shut down completely our thoughts, our mind, to be able to feel. And when you feel, you just you just know everything. Mm. And this is so interesting because mm. I was so not in tune with my intuition. I was always busy. I went through two burnouts at work. I was in the tech industry before and entrepreneurship. And I was just always busy and just running. And I had no time to listen to my intuition. It was all I was always in my mind. And then this suddenly just like shut. I managed somehow. Uh, actually, I've been an artist all my life. So I think I 
somehow I had it already there latent and then I relaxed and I, I started listening to myself and it just came through and it's so much clarity. Like you just know everything, you know, all the answers, you this might sound weird, <laughs> but I told you, yeah. I am weird. We're weird people here. <laughs> Be open, take it. And I really believe once you are connected to this gut feeling, you just know everything. I know people like, for example, Steve Jobs. Yeah. He used to say that he made the ba the biggest decisions just because he listened to his intuition and other business uh, people maybe listening, like why intuition is so important. Yeah. Probably they know already that mm -hmm. they don't, they just take these really crazy wild moves where they maybe otherwise the mind is saying, no, it's too risky or it, it makes no sense, but something is telling me I need to do it. Oh my God, that is right. Yeah, yeah. There's this phrase that people say in corporate America a lot. I don't know if it is mm -hmm. said similarly in Europe, but the idea of like when an executive or a decision maker makes a safe choice, for example, people will say things like, you know, IBM's consulting, right? People will say, oh, no one ever got fired because you hired IBM or you hired PwC or hired these like really well-known consulting firms because the dis whatever they tell you to do, it's probably not so wrong you're going to go into business. But if you do the risky thing and you go with maybe a lesser known name or something and it goes badly, that might, that might go bad for you. So that's maybe people not listening to their intuition and they're saying, well, let me do the safe play. So how, does, mm -hmm. how do we relate safety sometimes to a fault mm -hmm. with this idea of listening to our intuition. So wait, I need to say something to that. It's funny because we take decisions based on our previous actions, mm. which is the, my second favorite topic, memory. Okay. So we just repeat. We did something, we learned from it, and then we repeat it again, and then we see what happens. So this mm -hmm. is how, I guess, our mind is taking decisions every day when we are in our minds. Okay, I did this and I did that, so this is going to happen. We're predicting based okay. on our memories. And when I challenge people to do it, it's like, don't predict. Sit down two seconds and just listen. It's funny. You can do this through meditation. You can do this through, I don't know, every person has its tool. And then this is funny enough. My tool to meditate and think really about which is the answer is painting. Hmm. Maybe I can suggest you like, I, I think I mentioned it before. I mentioned it in our talk. But this is why I ask people to sometimes do a really, really quick painting exercise if they want to connect really quick or know an answer for something. So it's oh. listening to a song, hmm. taking one crayon in each hand and just paint freely like crazy for this one minute, two minutes. And yeah. then somehow they will clear the path and just listen to what's coming through. And then they know. It's so fascinating because we, when we make decisions based on our intuition, we pretty much always know that was the right call. And when we make decisions where we kind of try to rationalize our way to it, it's not always the right call. But we only ever seem to know that in retrospect. Always. So what you're suggesting is to do some sort of exercise that clears the mental noise of trying to rationalize mm -hmm. so that you can just say, well, what's, what does my gut say? Because it's, it's trite yeah. to say, listen to your gut. And it's like, well, what does that mean? How do I do that? Exactly. It's just clearing it, listening, and then even, even if it's like the result, it's, it seems to be wrong. You're like, mm -hmm. hey, I was listening to my intuition. How can this be that this is wrong? It wasn't wrong. Yeah. Something else is going to happen later. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to be the one. It's yeah. just like, you know, it's like yeah. it's one step is taking you to the other. Okay, so let's give people who are listening yes. this exercise so they can do it themselves. So walk them through exactly what to do. Super simple. If you feel that you really need an answer for something, you're just totally on your mind. Take a paper out, put a song. Song, ideally without lyrics. Okay. One to, to three minutes. You take one crayon with the right hand, one crayon with the left. You close your eyes, you listen to the song. And whenever you're ready, you start just like scribbling, painting, doing whatever you feel like. Not 
not thinking. And this is so funny because you put all your worries and all your thoughts from your mind directly into the paper. Mm -hmm. So you are totally releasing really quick. You don't need like to sit there for 30 minutes meditation. And it's I discovered it's much more effective. It just goes super quick. Then you have all your worries and thoughts in the paper. And then with that, what I like doing is just like trashing it. So I destroy the paper yeah, in 1,000 yeah. pieces and it's like, okay, all my worries, all my thoughts, they're gone. So now the channel is clear. You know the answer. So will you do that? Like it needs some practice, you know, I, like people I'm might doing this today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you asking though? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, you don't need to have a, a question, but uh, it's nice to know also which is the answer that you want to get. Yeah. You know, like clearing the path for nothing. It yeah. is good. It's a good exercise. It's very nice to release, but it's also nice to have a question. Yeah, that's really helpful. I was going to ask that if if you should go into that exercise with a question or not. I mean, I find myself in situations like this all the time where I have to decide between two things that are seem equally compelling and I'll I've I've tried like every decision-making matrix there is. I've tried <laughs> the quadrants, I've tried the Ben Franklin list, I've tr I've tried it all and I haven't really found one that perfectly works to clear the mind to help me make Okay, the try this one. We'll talk later. Yeah. Done. Sounds good. We'll do a follow-up. <laughs> so I guess so with intuition, it's really cool. You mentioned also before the paintings. For me, it was like especially crazy. I, I thought I was getting crazy when I was painting without having anything in my mind. And then when I would, you mentioned that before, when I would look at the paintings a few months or even a year later, I was like, wait, I think I, I painted this and then this happened. There's no logical explanation for this, that mm -hmm. I can see my life reflected in my paintings. However, there might be. If there's someone listening that knows how to please find an explanation about how you can paint something and then see this happening in your life later, then I'm really curious. I'm curious to hear that too. I am curious as well. <laughs> I thought I'm a medium or a, I don't know, I freaked out. I think once I just had a conversation with my deceased grandmother. So I'm a little bit in... <laughs> I never believe in this kind of thing. Are you physically stuff. here right now? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> yes, I don't want to enter into those topics, but let's say that I'm really open to to anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm open. Mm -hmm. I find everything fascinating and how we can just... Yeah, there's just much more probably than what we can see or feel. Like, we're just human beings. We're in our senses. But still, some certain animals can hear more, see differently. So yeah. why we are always so much trapped in what we can perceive with our senses, yeah, while yeah. we have the proof that there is definitely much more to that. Mm. So let's talk about maybe the darker side of this intuition discussion and talk about self-sabotage, right? So yeah. this is something that you and I have discussed that certainly afflicts artists. I know it definitely afflicts people all across the tech space, all across security, where people will have self-limiting beliefs and they'll reject themselves. And they'll sometimes take actions that get in the way of their own success without knowing it. So talk to me about how this manifests for an artist and how do we overcome it? This is a super interesting topic. I love it because I found myself in this circle of self-sabotage again and again and again. I think you need to... I met many, many artists that were not that good, but they were like really like putting them outside and out there. Like I met many artists that they just had it very clear. Like they were worth this and that, and this is my price. And then I was just like, wow, good, mm. good for you. However, many others, and like me in this case, we push ourselves down naturally. I don't know if because we want to keep it humble or because there's something there that it just like is blocking you. Like art is such a, and again, I'm going to put another term here now, vulnerable thing to do because it's your thing. It's your, it's your art. It's your, you understand it because you created it. But what about the others? Are they going to judge me? They're going to judge me. They're going to like it or not. 
and then what's gonna happen and this and that. So I think all these things put you down and, and make you, first of all, compare yourself to others. And then you mm. see others and you're like, wow, but what they do is so good. It's so good. I'm not that good. I'm not that good. And then you put yourself again down. So probably, I don't know which is the final ultimately answer, yeah. but I guess definitely we all need a lift in our autoesteem, our self-esteem and, mm -hmm. and probably review more often our achievements mm -hmm. and, and acknowledge what we've accomplished. And I'm just totally. talking to myself right yeah. now, like yeah. big time, like Isabella. See what you I'm have here, done last year, what you have done. <laughs> like, where were you three years ago and where yeah. you are now? Are you kidding me? You are living your dream, aren't you? Like, yeah. realize that. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. How, how is your relationship with self-sabotage? My own relationship with it? I think I'm not afflicted by that particular problem terribly. That's so good. But that's not to say that I don't have self-limiting beliefs. I think everyone mm -hmm. does. Uh, I suffer certainly from imposter syndrome all the time. Like, I get up on these stages and I'm like... There are people who have written better books, who have run bigger companies, who have been better leaders, who have been better at like every metric I could possibly look at in my life. There's many people who've done it better. And it's easy to look at that and say, well, or like a lot of people look at that and say, well, then I just shouldn't. And that's, I think, an affliction that is a real problem in security where I see these brilliant people who do this amazing work not wanting to talk about it because they're like, but this person over here did a better job with it. And so one of the things I'm always trying to coach our people at our company is I'm like, guys, just talk about what you do every day. Like write blogs about that. Give talks about that because that is special, even though it doesn't feel special to you. And so for me, the way that I've dealt with my self-limiting beliefs and self-sabotage is to first make sure I recognize them and acknowledge mm -hmm. them and to then question whether that limiting belief is true or not. Like even as a speaker, I remember one time I was comparing myself. I didn't even realize I was doing that. I was comparing myself to a, a very successful security speaker. And I was like, well, but that guy's, I mean, man, he tells great stories. Uh, he's got props. He's like, you know, I had all these things. I'm like, I don't have those things. And then I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I can choose whether I want to be as good as that person or not. And I need to drop that here right now because this leads to being true to yourself. Yeah. I'm connecting that because you saw this guy who's like, wow, he's, it's amazing, right? Like he's doing a great job. He's fantastic. He's much better than me. However, do you want to be that guy? You know, you need to be you. Yeah. And this is the, the thing of being true to yourself. And this happened to me too. I was seeing like all these artists doing these videos, recording how they do the art and these amazing pictures. And they were in this expo. I wasn't at, and then I realized, yeah, but uh, that's good for them. Good for them. Like they're doing great job and really happy about their success. This is not what I want for myself. Yeah. Like Sabella, remember you're in your path and this is what you want to do, right? Then keep true to yourself and do that. your thing. Just accomplish the others and say like, wow, acknowledge the others. Like, wow, this is great. And, and I'm super happy they're, they're there. But do you want to be there too? Yeah. No, you want to be you, right? I, I so strongly yeah. agree with that. That's, that's so beautiful. So like on that same, you know, applying what you just said to my, the limiting belief I just shared, one of the things that people are always asking of me whenever I'm doing a keynote, maybe not every time I'm doing a keynote, but in a lot of, for a while it was this way and it's, it's since not a problem anymore, but people would always ask me to do live demos. And they'd be like, can you hack something on a stage? Yeah. And I never wanted to do that because first of all, that's not really what I do. And there's huge rate of failure with live demos. And it's pretty awkward when someone's failing a live demo and you're like, okay, so. Yeah. And what I really wanted to do, I really wanted to, I wanted to become a great storyteller. And I was like, if I can use words to create in people's mind the experience of watching 
you know, instead of a live demo, they, they're, it's they're experiencing it in their brain. I was like, that is a worthwhile thing to do. And so that's what I've been really focusing on. And I love it so much. Like when I can get on a stage and I can get the audience to react in the way that I want, it's not like I do it every time, but like you know, if they laugh when they're supposed to laugh or they're solemn when they're supposed to be solemn, then it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. And yes. But only because you identified or I identified the self-limiting belief first, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And that what you say is very beautiful. It's all about imagination. So I really love the fact that you don't want to show it, but you want them to imagine and take them in their own path by using a storytelling. I think that is super powerful and it's something I can relate to it, to that as well. I guess it's it's very beautiful to encourage others to imagine their own things and make it them happen in their own mind. Yeah, rather than giving it done to them already, let's challenge them a little bit, you know, yeah. to use also their own creative power. 100%. And it can be, I think it can be even richer that way, right? If you think about it, because if you can tap into the way someone lives in their own head, they'll they fill in the colors that are around the story you're telling because of their own experience. And I mean, we've all heard people tell good stories, right? And how wonderful of an experience is that as a listener to a great storyteller? And when I think about like what's an aspiration in my life that I want to inspire and others too is like be a good storyteller. And that takes a lot of work. But oh, if you can I take get that, it, I take that. Then yeah. I put it as a New Year's resolution to become a better storyteller as there you well. Go. Especially <laughs> when you're in like not mother tongue in a language. I think yeah. language and words are super powerful. Totally. Yeah, I mean it's mind blowing here you are doing this interview in another language. We were t before we started recording, I was telling you how I'm like learning a couple phrases in Spanish. Next, <laughs> if we did this in reverse. Next is going to be in Spanish and our next conversation here for everybody. If we do that, our interview will be about ordering tacos because that's about all I can do Perfect. in Spanish. Perfect. It'll be a good interview. Nice. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, vulnerability. You had mentioned that, well, you brought up the idea of vulnerability, so I don't want to mm -hmm. put words back in your mouth. So let's talk about this idea of vulnerability because I, I think it's, generally would be accepted uh, amongst people who are improving themselves, kind of people who listen to podcasts, that being vulnerable is a good thing because it enables you to build greater connections with people and the stronger connections, then, you know, all these good things happen. But it's scary and it's hard. So how do we do that? How do we better be vulnerable, whether it's a leader who should be vulnerable to the people that person leads, whether it's a person being vulnerable to their peers, how do we do it? So in the end, we're all the same and we go through the same challenges before or after in our lives. So pretty similar. And I guess when you are vulnerable is when you're just showing your most authentic self with all your struggles mm. and problems and not problems. It's like open as an open book and with communication. And then only when you show yourself the way you are, you can find this empathy on others. For me, it's been it's been super challenging also to be vulnerable because I was just like always since I'm little, like covering myself with layers mm -hmm. and just like not allowing people to see my vulnerabilities. I mm. had to be the best, the best grades in school. I had to had to really prove to be the best. So being vulnerable was not an option. But I just can just tell you, since I've been practicing more and more, it's great. And actually, many of the my art projects are related to being vulnerable, like one of my latest ones in which I'm asking women to show me their breasts so I can paint boobs. Mm. And this is just funny because in the end, it's just like a, it's a metaphor of life. Like, of course, I'm practicing being vulnerable in terms of, okay, I'm showing my body naked to you. And I guess the learning is actually more in the mind. And the mind is just showing that, okay, I can be vulnerable by showing my body, but I can be also vulnerable showing myself, mm -hmm. again, with words or with acts, or just showing my most authentic self without covering it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people are trying to do that, right? Trying to bring their authentic self to maybe not trying to show their, <laughs> their boobs to be painted at work, but uh, that probably exists somewhere. <laughs> but how do we how do we encourage people to to do it? I mean, I, I love the idea bring bring our most authentic selves. I even think about the way that I exist within the context of you know the people that I get to lead, and I wonder if I'm vulnerable enough. And I don't really. It feels like there is probably a spectrum, right? Of like not vulnerable to wait that was way too vulnerable and like so where on that spectrum should a leader be and how do you define that yeah you're so right like when you're a leader and you're vulnerable you need to show their vulnerabilities because your role as a leader goes i don't want to say it goes first but you need to really go hand by hand Mm -hmm. it'll be crazy if i just go to an office i'm and then i see my leader crying being vulnerable it's okay. Everybody can cry, yes, but as long as the the leader in this case communicates what's happening and mm-hmm. why he's crying and he's open about that, and you know that that would give me a feeling of okay, well, he or she is a human being. Like, mm-hmm. It's okay that my leader cries. It's cool. So I would accept that. And yeah, I'm, I don't know. How do you cover this topic? Like you are a leader, so are you I'm crying sometimes out. in front of your? <laughs> I don't think I've cried in at least not in in a group setting um maybe one-on-one i'd have to think about that i'm i am i think about this a lot right how do i how do i reveal my true authentic self in a way that i can connect with people that i get to lead like that that truly is a blessing that i get to it's not i have to i get to lead people and i'm so grateful for that and I think that one of the problems that maybe I have is that it, this is a good thing. Challenge. I want everyone. No problems. You have challenges. <laughs> I have challenges. Yeah, I want you know I want everyone to like me as a leader. And as even saying that out loud right now, recorded in video and audio, I'm like, that's a ridiculous goal for a leader. You should. It shouldn't be that you want everyone to like you because not everyone's going to like you. Instead, it should be how can I help everyone unleash their potential and how do I make Mm -hmm. leaders who can build more leaders and how do I be exponential my impact in that way and so that's what I'm trying to figure out is like what's the right amount of vulnerability that allows me to do that I don't have the answer yet but I'm getting there yeah we're getting there (laughs) and also being oh I like this topic of being a leader I think it's also more about maybe showing your vulnerability in terms of allowing others to express their vulnerabilities with you and you are like okay with that as well that's mm. that's a beautiful one you know like that's because in order to have people that are vulnerable you need to have someone that is ready to take this vulnerability yeah uh, so in the case of the painting like i allow people to be vulnerable in front of me and i just take it and for me then it's my huh. learning and i'm just kind of the container of the <laughs> so yeah. so maybe maybe and i love our conversation because we kind of from not knowing the answer we get into a point maybe being a leader is not the one that is like the most vulnerable in those terms but the one that is the container from all the vulnerability around and is there Mm. compassionate and listening and supportive and yeah this that's super (laughs) because they come up with uh, with solutions uh, new thoughts new ideas yeah I, I mean, the, the wheels are firing right now as I'm thinking about what you just said, because that's a really interesting way for a leader to maybe measure their own vulnerability is, are the people that you're leading being vulnerable to you? And if they're only going to do that if they feel safe, if they feel like you've reciprocated or maybe even initiated vulnerability. And that's super fascinating. Then I think about this on the spectrum of people that I get to lead. There are some people who are, it's like, a brick wall between us and then there's some people where we really know the the raw details of each other's lives and then you know everyone else is sort of in between and that's super fascinating so if i think about it that way then like maybe i have achieved the right amount of vulnerability because you know i'm just not going to be able to connect mm-hmm. with everybody but people 
a lot of them I can. So that's amazing. You see, we came up with new ideas. Yeah. And that's why I actually think that companies should work more together with artists, like in every sense, because the artist could be the person that unlocks something in the yeah. dynamic in the group. It's like, is the one that is able to be the innovator, the one that, is, the one that can disrupt a little bit around, is the one that has the, the benefits or doing whatever they want. He or she is the artist. Yeah. And to be honest, I love living the life like that. Yeah. I don't care about what I'm wearing. If I put makeup on, I never wear makeup. But <laughs> if I put makeup or not on, because I always have the excuse, yeah, I am the artist. So what? Yeah. And it, it's this freedom of being able to express yourself so freely and shake things up. Again, more people should work together with artists because this is the way to, to see things differently and change things and, and make other people unlock this Maybe things that they wanted to say, they wanted to express, but they were just like totally like in the back of their minds and they were never allowing themselves to express them. But then when the crazy person comes in the room, they like, come on, everything is allowed, then magic happens. Yeah. I'm inspired right now. Let's go Let's paint. do some art. Let's go yes. paint. <laughs> <laughs> Isabella, I could talk to you all day and I actually would like to do that. But we do have to wrap up at some point. So as we think about concluding our conversation today, Is there any last thing you want to leave our audience with? No, I just want to remind them of the big takeover, which is think less and feel more. This is very important for think me. Think less and feel more. I love yeah. it. Let's try to shut down our brains a little bit for a few minutes. I'm going to try that today. Please do. <laughs> I'll do too. Thank you so much for spending some time with us and teaching our audience. I think everyone, myself included, got a lot out of it today. Thank you. I learned all salad from you. It's always both ways, right? It so is. That's why we're friends. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> For everybody listening, if you want to learn more about what Sabella is up to or about the show itself, just go to tedharrington.com backslash podcast, and we'll catch you next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tech Done Different Podcast with Ted Harrington. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.